This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Nicole Yang, and today I am joined by two friends, Tom Westerholm and Chris Grinham. What up, what up? Uh, so today we are going to go through the Celtics subreddit. Real quick, I want to say about Reddit, I am definitely a, a Celtics Reddit lurker. Like, I never post on there. I, I almost never post anywhere, but like, the Celtics, Celtics Reddit is really good. There's just like good stuff on there, like a lot of interesting people talking about interesting things. Yeah, I think Reddit is actually, what I want to say, a little more like well-balanced with their outlook on the Celtics than Twitter can be. I think Twitter can be very jumpy and a little overreactive a lot of the time, which I guess is what Twitter is for, for overreactions and up-to-the-minute reactions. So I guess it makes sense that Reddit is a little more balanced in their reactions. But I do like going on there just to see like a little more even keel with how they react to losses and maybe a couple losses in a row. So the top voted post as of right now, Monday evening, is a link to Kevin O'Connor's latest power rankings in which he has the Celtics eighth. But more importantly, he is reporting that he received a flurry of text messages from league executives that said the Celtics are up to something. KOC writes, what they're up to is unclear, but league sources have long said Boston is searching for upgrades to bolster its wing and big man position. Uh, So that's not necessarily surprising, in my opinion. I feel like everybody sort of saw that coming, just given the state of the Celtics right now and their TPE. KOC notes that Tristan Thompson became trade eligible, so he could be a good fit for a deal. Same with Daniel Tice. And then obviously he also mentions Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith, and he IDs Bradley Beal, PJ Tucker, and Thaddeus Young as potential targets. Feel free to start wherever. My initial thoughts are, I feel like they're not moving Daniel Tice. I think one of the things that kind of stuck out to me just from KOC's little blurb on the Celtics was that him receiving a flurry of text messages all on Saturday night maybe says like they're pushing the envelope a little bit more than they were in weeks past. I don't know if there's anything to that. That's just me running with his lead there. But I I do think like, like you said, it's not really terribly surprising. I don't think they'll trade Daniel Tice, but they definitely need some size. Like they'd be foolish if they weren't scoping out the market relatively hard at this point. All right. I have three things about this. Number one. So KOC, obviously like good pal of ours, like well-connected dude. This is not like a, a reporting thing. It's just kind of like a, all right, just like wake me up when it happens. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's just, yeah. Okay. It's the, the Celtics, Celtics are looking to trade up in the draft. I don't even know that like, and I don't even know that the Celtics make more calls than other teams. We just hear about it all the time. I don't even know that that's a Celtics thing. Like, I don't even know if that's a Danny Ainge thing. It feels like other teams use the Celtics as the boogeyman to be like, mm-hmm. we're making calls. I don't know. The Celtics are interested. And you know how many assets the Celtics have. You know, you better up your offer a little bit. Like, I feel like that happens all the time. I don't think it's the Celtics leaking this stuff. I really don't. 
I know people <laughs> like to say that like, you know, the Celtics are a leaky organization. Sometimes I wonder if the Celtics are the team that everybody else uses because the Celtics have been ID'd as the leaky team. So they know they can get away with leaking <laughs> Celtic stuff. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, Maybe I think the there's Celtic something to that like for sure. Leaky. But like, I don't know, man, like if the Celtics are this leaky, like you would think something would happen every once in a while. And they it were, just like rarely does. They were definitely getting used in the JJ Redick stuff. Like without question. Yeah, why, yeah. why would they want JJ Redick at all? It was just the Pelicans throwing out one more Northeast team saying, oh, they're pretty interested. Well, that would be really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb, man. <laughs> Redick just doesn't make any sense. No. He doesn't, he's not like a great defender. He's old and he's shooting like 28% from three. Like he's not, there's he no. He was a point. bad defender when he was four years younger. Yeah. Like now he can't move as well and he's not going to guard up at all. He can't even guard down. He can't keep up right. with quick guards. So like what, what part of the Celtics? and he's shooting so poorly, like what part of the needs for the Celtics does he fill? Exactly. So that's number one for me. It's just kind of like wake me up when, when, when something happens. Number two is if the Celtics are actually pursuing big men, uh, I'm sorry. That's just catastrophically dumb. You don't need a big man. I'm sorry. Like you just don't. Or if you need a big man, then you need to like move one of the guys off your roster. Look, Rob Williams needs minutes. He's pretty good. Like there's something there. And like, like if you keep stocking the roster with experienced big men, Brad Stevens is going to keep playing them because they're like a little bit better than Rob right now. But like, there's something there with Rob. Like he needs minutes. Like you just don't go get a big man. That would be stupid. And three regarding the big men, I, I see what you're saying, Nicole, about like not trading Daniel Tice. To me, it's more a matter of if the Celtics need salary, they'll trade Thompson. If they need value, they might trade Tice. I just don't know that it matters that much which one they keep. I mean, Tice is a free agent this offseason anyway. Like I said, I think there's something there with Rob to the point that that I, I think that like trading one of your bigs to get him more minutes is actually a good move. Like you can get away with that. You still have a bunch of different looks you can do. You can still throw Grant out there as like a super small ball center. You can still play Thompson against any big that isn't Joel Embiid and maybe probably Nikola Jokic. We haven't seen the Nuggets yet. I bet Jokic is going to do some disgusting things to uh, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I, I just think that that's probably like where that's going to break down is like if you need like a good player sent out in a deal and not, not to say Thompson is bad, but like if you need a value player, Daniel Tice is probably the move. If you need a, you know, something to make the salaries work, I think it's probably Thompson. Are there, I mean, I know Tom hates this question, but are there players on your radar as trade? Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Harrison like, Barnes what? does actually make a lot Sorry, of sense. For those listening, Harrison Barnes is Tom's go-to in these conversations. Is it sarcastic or do you actually like No, Harrison it's Barnes? not sarcastic. It's that I hate this question because like, <laughs> yeah. it could literally be anybody. It's yeah. like So maybe this is a better question. Instead of you coming up with names, what do you make of the people KOC listed, Bradley Beal, PJ Tucker, Thaddeus Young. I mean, Beal obviously is like, is, I mean, yeah, if you can get Bradley Beal, you're going to get Bradley Beal. He's like a superstar. <laughs> like that's, that's going to be expensive. I just think with like how good he's been and how many other teams there are out there. Uh, if you want Bradley Beal, I hope you have the stomach for trading like Jalen Brown, because like, I don't think you're getting, you're not getting Bradley Beal for like Marcus Smart and a bunch of picks. Like that's just not going to happen. I don't really have a take on that. I think both Jalen and, and Beal are awesome, awesome basketball players. So whoever you would prefer, fine. And then, I mean, obviously PJ Tucker makes sense. Thad Young, just like, no thanks. Like, I, I don't see that one. He's a fine player. Um, you know, he's been a fine player. But like, again, does he bring you something? Like, what does he bring you that you don't have right now? Like a four? He, Daniel Tyson, yeah. get it. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think you're good without Thad Young, so. Thad Young is playing very well this season. Don't sure. get me wrong. And like his 
not an expiring contract. So you have him next year. I think he's unrestricted after next season, but he's shooting 26% from three. That's not really the shooting threat you need on the wing coming off the bench. Like he doesn't, he's a pretty good defender, but he doesn't really provide all that much. So I'm kind of with you there. And I don't even know, like, where do you stand with PJ Tucker? Like, I don't, I mean, I think he makes some sense. Like, you know, he's like a, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really watched the Rockets much this season, but like just kind of who he is, like, you know, like a, like a a bigger body who can stand out out, like on the three point line. Like as long as he doesn't cost a lot, like, I think that that one would make some sense, but like, I don't know that he's, I guess the reason. All right. So the reason Harrison Barnes is my stock answer is because he makes like, he actually would be a needle mover. Like he's playing, he's playing great. He's a perfect fit for everything the Celtics need. He can guard up, he can guard down. PJ Tucker can do that as well. But Harrison Barnes just has more more stuff to his game. Like he can, you know, he can get to the rim better. He can. You know, I, I don't. I haven't looked at PJ Tucker's numbers, but Harrison Barnes is shooting the lights out this yeah. season. Like, I mean, he's a really good player, and he's probably gettable. So to me, if you're going to go out and get a PJ Tucker, I would definitely try. I would definitely try to make some moves on Harrison Barnes first because I think Tucker adds to your bench. I mean, Harrison Barnes could like potentially like add to your starting lineup. He's that good. With the way he's playing right now, 100%. And I think it makes a lot of sense if the, I know the Kings are playing like sporadically well. If, I guess you could say right now, like they got a lot of good young pieces, but I think it makes a lot of sense for them to maybe bring in a couple assets part ways with him, free up some cap space for them moving forward, maybe to bring in someone else in free agency, like to tag with those young guys. I think it would make a lot of sense for both sides, honestly, because Celtics would get Harrison Barnes for two additional seasons on top of this year. Like he's a good player. I, I don't know. I, I really do think, again, there is some recency bias because they just played against him and he looked really good. And I think that's helped a lot of the buzz, but he's good. I like your stock answer. I'm all aboard the stock answer. I will say that my stock answer was my stock answer well before they played him and he looked great. <laughs> it's a It's a very good answer. Now moving on in Reddit, this post says, Tristan Thompson is really growing on me. I admit I was a big TT hater at the beginning of the season. I thought Brad was nuts for starting TT along with Tice. But I think a lot of that was TT getting his conditioning back and finding his role in the team. He's a great rebounder and I kind of love his ferociousness in the paint. It looks awkward sometimes, but he's a beast around the rim. Anyone else liking TT more now? <laughs> you throwing that out to us like that? All right. That's you are the anyone else that is <laughs> comes in conversation. No. <laughs> He has been better. Uh, He's been better around the rim. That last portion of that post, I think is pretty noteworthy. Like he was really bad around the rim at the beginning of the year. He couldn't finish a thing, which really hindered his offensive game because that's his entire offensive game is inside. So I think that has helped a lot. But yeah, he's, he's good on the glass. I mean, he's been far more efficient. He said he had a conversation with himself, got back to being himself. And, and it looks like it's worked. I don't know. Like with Thompson, I, I kind of keep coming back to like to Rob and like, I, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but like Tristan Thompson is on the team for two years unless he gets traded and then he's probably gone. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't really see him like hanging around and Rob has the potential to be like a starting center for a long time. He's really young. He's he's, he's there's so much there that is just kind of raw, untapped potential. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I the Celtics big situation is tough because I certainly understand Brad wanting to play guys who are going to win him games because that's his job is to win games. And I certainly understand, you know, thinking that the guy who has won championships and, you know, and who has, who's been in the NBA for a long time is more likely to help you win NBA games than Rob, but Rob's good. I don't know. All, all that is to say that uh, I, I agree with the, with the poster. Thompson has looked a lot better though. Like he, he really has. And uh, that that's big. I, I guess my other problem with it though, too, is it, it like, what do you want Thompson to be? 
because do do you want him to be like a scorer? I don't think so. Like, do you want him to be like a pick and roll threat? I guess maybe, but like, how valuable is that? Do you want him to be a big bruising body? Because like, he's only like six, nine, like he's not that big. He's certainly playing better. And he's, you know, certainly still a good player. I just, I just kind of don't know like what, I I just kind of don't see the vision, I guess with Thompson. I think that's fair. Like maybe having I don't want to say false expectations for Thompson, but I think a lot of Celtics fans saw him come in and they're like, are we getting like the 10 and 10 guy, like Tristan, like old Tristan from Cleveland. Like that's just not really going to happen in Brad's system. And, and that's okay. Like he could still be effective in their system, you know, having a couple buckets off pick and rolls as, as the role guy. And then, you know, eight or nine rebounds, like that's a, that could be a good game. So I think there is something to be said about maybe the expectations being kind of tough to, corral as from a Celtics fan perspective a couple of weeks ago Nicole asked me and this was back when when Thompson was playing terribly you know she was like who would you rather have like Thompson or Ennis Cantor mm-hmm. and I was like you know I mean we spent all of last year just being like Ennis Cantor stinks like yeah. he's so bad yeah. and like you know I stand by that take but, <laughs> um, but I'm not I, I'm not sure that I feel comfortable switching my answer to Thompson just because I think that the Celtics can cover 85 90 95% of what Thompson can do with other guys and then the thing that Cantor could do which is oddly enough defend Joel Embiid Tristan Thompson just can't I don't know I don't know like he's a good player I don't know that he's like the right player for the Celtics and the poster closes their post by saying Jeff Teague on the other hand dot 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 <laughs> yeah Poor Jeff Teague. yeah he just wants to <laughs> I don't <laughs> Yeah, he's not playing well. <laughs> I don't want, yeah, I don't want to like pile on, but he is struggling quite a bit. Peyton Pritchard, much better for the Celtics when he's on the floor than Jeff Teague. Like a lot better. And, better. And, and, the, and then the tough thing for Teague too, is just like, this is as good a situation as he's going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just won't find a better setup than yep. Brad Stevens who loves him a scoring point guard. Yep. And just like no pressure to do anything but like score off the bench. And he can't do that. I mean, he's shooting like 30% at the rim. Like he's, it's, it's catastrophic. Um, You know, the Celtics are so deep at point guard between like Kemba. I mean, they're not right now, obviously, but like when healthy, you know, with Kemba and Smart and and, and Pritchard. And it's just like, I, I don't know that I see the avenue for Teague to really contribute a lot to this team at this point. Have you guys talked about the burner that's not a burner? Have you talked about that? I mean, have a burner. Wow, Nicole, not online enough. Okay, no. So she's Patriots was... online. That's understandable. <laughs> so there was a there was a burner account for anybody who missed it, like Nicole, who has an actual life. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so much healthier that you don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a burner account. There was there was a, a like a, a no AVI account responding to everyone criticizing Jeff Teague and saying that Jeff Teague is awesome. Jeff Teague is great. And everybody like immediately was like, oh, this is Jeff Teague's burner. Look, it's got his middle name and it's 0055. Those are his numbers. Like this is obviously Jeff Teague. And my whole thing is just like, no, it's not. It's somebody pretending to be Jeff Teague and trying to get engagement. You, you like, tweeted that, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's spot on. Spot it's on. 100% what's happening here. Like if, and then if you look at like the tweets lately, it's like, yeah, like it's somebody who's in on the joke. Um, yeah, and it's a funny bit. Like they, it's a it's funny a bit. bit. They don't tweet during games because he's on the bench. Like it, it's, it's, no. it is a it's, good bit. I'm but, a bartender, so I can't. Right, exactly. I'm always working during Celtics games. What a pain in the ass. Like it's actually very funny, and it's a good bit. But that has become a bit across sports Twitter in the last like ten months. 
I know there was a who was oh there was an Alfred Payton one among Knicks fans where like he was defending all Alfred Payton things like very similar and it's a great way to get some attention on a random Twitter account if that's what you're looking to do it's so weird man like we live in such a weird time because like (laughs) like people are so thirsty for clout that like they will do that and like (laughs) if you're if you're an NBA player or like if you're like a celebrity I would be like a little nervous like what if somebody like pretends to be my burner gets everybody on board and then just starts tweeting reckless stuff like I don't know like yeah, you know, I'm not even going to speculate because, like, I don't want to, like, be giving people ideas. But, like, it is so easy to, like, trick people. Tremont Waters literally had someone impersonate him on Twitter to the point that the person impersonating him got verified. That's right. Yeah. And then Tremont had to call Twitter and they shut down the account, obviously. But, like, they verified a fake Tremont Waters. Yep. That's a problem. How does that happen? How does that happen? What? No clue. No. At- <laughs> I'll give, you guys, on, man. He's, yeah. I'll give you guys my social media spiel after so that nobody hears how crazy I am since you guys know how crazy I am anyway. So. <laughs> All right, next post. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Does anyone know what is going on with Langford? I feel like there have been very few updates on how his rehab is going slash when to expect him back. I know February was expected when the season began, but it seems like nothing has come out since. First off, there's clearly some uh, misinformation about Romeo out there. I had two separate people text me from Indiana this week, one from his high school coaching staff and one who works for the Hoosiers, saying that they saw that he was updated to a game time decision and they were excited to, like if he was on a minute restriction or what. I was like, no, he's, he's probably not going to be back for like a month. Like, <laughs> like he still has some significant time. So just want to clear things up. He's not a game time decision. He's still very much out. <laughs> I don't know, late February, early March is still my expectation. I'm sure we'll get an update soon, right? Yeah. So when you ask Brad Stevens a question, he does this thing where if you ask him a lot of questions, he will often like say your name in the question. Or if he's like, he's just kind of like, okay, Tom, like he'll do that sort of in like a question. (laughs) And I asked him about Romeo like a couple of weeks ago and he's like, yeah, he's it's it's gonna be a while, Tom. And it was very much the uh, the latter, like the not, <laughs> um, the one where it's like, all right, dude, it, it it's gonna be a while. Which like nobody had asked about Romeo in a while. So it's I, true. Uh, yeah, I, we're due I, for I, another I stand, one I stand coming by up my soon. question, but um, no, but I mean, like, yeah, Romeo's gonna be out for a while yet. I think late February, early March is a very reasonable time frame. Like that, that's pretty much online with, yeah. with what, uh, you know, the expectation was like, this was not a small thing that he had done. So no, I don't think it should be any surprise to anyone that this is kind of stretching on a little bit. A weird, but positive observation I've made at games is that he always has a ball with him on the sidelines, yeah, at least like 90% of the time. And early on in the season, even after he got his brace off, he would only carry it in his other hand. And now during timeouts, he dribbles with both hands. So mm-hmm. moving in the right direction during timeouts. There is a comment on this post with 27 upvotes and their theory is that the Celtics are keeping Romeo and Aaron Neesmith under wraps until the trade deadline passes because they don't want either of them gaining interest from other teams. Instead, they're going to be showcasing Carson Edwards, Grant Williams. (laughs) The hell of a take. I think that is an overly optimistic view of this. I think that it's more likely that they don't want the guy with half a wrist or the guy (laughs) 
the shooter who hasn't been able to shoot yet to tank their value before yeah. the uh, trade deadline. Yeah. I think that's probably the better read, but also showcasing Carson Edwards against Devin Booker would be one hell of a way to showcase him. But also like Aaron Neesmith has not been good yet. And Carson Edwards has been like pretty fine, except for trying to guard Devin Booker, which is like unfair. Neesmith runs around with his, like a chicken with its head cut off on defense. Like I've, he's, he has, he's still he has no idea. Player. The poor guy has no idea what he's supposed to be doing. And it is yeah. not his fault, but he has no idea. What he's it's supposed. That's the thing. It, there's, there is a lot of criticism of him out there like he's coming off two really one and a half college seasons no summer league short training camp I know we've heard this spiel a million times but there's something to that like he has still has a long way to go and it's totally understandable that he does well just think about like how bad Carson looked all year last year and how like kind of like moderately serviceable he looks right now he was so far from that even during like the preseason this year he's yeah yeah so like maybe just maybe Neesmith will be okay next year. Like, it'll be fine, guys. All right, next post. What slash who do you think this team needs realistically to be legit contenders? If we're being honest, this team is not making the finals anytime soon with the roster we currently have, and I just don't know who we could possibly get that would make us contenders this year. We need a legit big, and the market for them is ridiculously slim that I'm not sure who we could even get besides maybe Vucevic, but I don't think his addition was push us over the edge. So what do you think we need to do to become real contenders in the next year or two? Well, I think number one is you get rid of the idea that you need a big. Yeah. You don't need a big. They just don't need a big. They don't need they a big. Need, they need size. Stop. They need size, but they don't need size and size. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. They need big wings. They need Harrison Barnes. <laughs> they need Harrison Barnes, <laughs> but actually... <laughs> Back to Tom's favorite game. Like, who else is out there? I don't, I don't really. There's a lot of guys who have gotten hurt. In all seriousness, there are a lot of guys who have gotten hurt. No Aaron Gordon, no Larry yeah. Nance. I mean, I've seen like guys like Evan Fournier thrown around, and like you know, yeah. he can score. But like again, like I mean, if you're gonna go get a guy like Evan Fournier, I don't understand why you wouldn't just like go get Harrison Barnes. Like Harrison Barnes is a way better option than Fournier, in my opinion. Like, probably like, way more available. Probably, yeah, probably, and. Fournier just doesn't move as well as I would like defensively. Like he, I don't know. He, he moves like he's 38 a little bit when he, when I see him try to stick with guys, quicker guys on the perimeter. For sure. That's also an over-exaggeration. He's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's actually, he's better than you would think. He yeah. Yeah. But he's yeah. not, he's not Harrison Barnes. I can keep I can keep hitting this drum as many I mean, times as you want me to. <laughs> I think Harrison Barnes is probably the answer. If you're not going to go make like a blockbuster deal, I think that the guy is, is is Barnes. Sure, like yeah, I mean you can you can try to you can try to mix some things up. Like yeah, I think Bradley Beal would be great. Like if you want to get weird with it, like Zach Levine would probably look pretty good on the Celtics. Like I don't know, you can get weird with it, but like you're, if you're trying to keep the core together, I think it's Barnes. I think the important thing too with that post to hammer is is Tom's main thing where it's like you don't need to trade for a big. Like that's not the solution here. It's also not the problem. Like that's not the solution. Like you need some some big wing depth who can guard multiple spots and shoot and that's going to pay major dividends if they can get that done and it's going to free up a lot of those other guys going to make life easier for Jalen and Jason and that's like the main goal here I think well and I will say I will say the one thing and uh, to be fair to like this poster and like the legion of Celtics fans in my mentions always say and like go get a big the one big that I think they could use is the guy who can just make who can just like kind of body up with Embiid you know I've seen a lot of people say like Aaron Baines is washed, you know, like, you know, we don't want him. And like Aaron Baines might be washed. Like I get why you might not want him, but like if you got Aaron Baines just specifically for the same reason and the same role that you got Ennis Cantor, he just said like, Hey man, you're going to get like maybe five minutes a night. 
but you're going to get to start against the Sixers. And uh, that's just going to kind of be what it is. Like, if you can get a guy like that, then sure. Yes. If you want to go get a big and you just tell him, like, you are the, the Joel Embiid stand in the way guy, fine. But, like, not a bad thing to do. I just don't yeah. see the point. That's a, that's a good take. This poster asks, would you trade the farm for Cat if he becomes available? Everything minus Jalen, Jason, and Smart is available. Would you offer up a package of PP, Neesmith, Langford, and Filler? wouldn't get it done i was gonna say that this is getting spicy now because that would be interesting but then yeah like it yeah. i think you trade all your bad players for a good player is not like generally like a that's my approach to fantasy basketball i will give you all of my bad players for Giannis. <laughs> so sticking with maybe their first part though would you trade yeah. the farm for cat if he becomes available everything minus brown tatum and smart i think you i think you'd have to include Jalen. like i do too that's the thing with like these superstars that everybody wants to be like, Oh, like smart plus a million picks. I'm like, sure. Like that would be a nice situation for the Celtics. But like, I, I think realistically people have gotten Jalen has been so good this year that people are like, he's untouchable. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's probably true. And, and I mean, you know, I, I've certainly come a long way from like, I would definitely trade him for Harden. I, you know, by the time Harden got traded, I would not have traded him for Harden. But I think when you talk about cat, when you talk about Bradley Beal, when you talk about those kind of guys, I understand wanting them, but if you want them, you're probably going to have to decide whether or not you're willing to trade Jalen. And if the answer is no, that makes sense because Jalen is an awesome basketball player. But like, otherwise, I just don't think you're getting one of these guys. Totally agree. Let's do a few more. This one's called Opinion on the Kemba Slander. I get it. He's playing bad, forcing shots and not making open ones. I'm not here to deny it. That being said, he's our starting point guard. And at the very least, he will be until the end of the season. What's the point of crucifying Kemba after every loss to show our other superstars how intolerant and annoying we can be as a fan base to have Kemba get even deeper in this slump? In my opinion, fans' roles are to support the team whether we win or lose, not to drown your stars in negativity when they're in a bad stretch. You sound like cranky-ass Knicks fan. <laughs> to the trade Kemba gang, I send you a heartwarming fuck off. <laughs> that was a great post. That's a good post. Basically off of that, just like, where are you guys on Kemba? And also, do you think he will complete his contract in the Celtics uniform? That's a, ooh, that last part is interesting. I'm with this poster on the negative approach to Kemba's first couple weeks back here. Like the overreactions to a lot of these losses and poor performances, like really drives me insane. But now I'm just kind of immune to it on Twitter, just because it's after every game, like you get a couple fire Brad mentions, you get a couple trade Kemba mentions and it's like, whatever. But if you do pay attention, like it's objectively ridiculous to say that stuff after a couple losses, like, yeah, Kemba had a really bad night against the Phoenix suns. That's bound to happen. He also hasn't looked very good in the last couple of weeks, but, I think that was kind of expected to a point like, yeah, you'd like him to be better, but I don't think this is crazy out of this world. Like unexpected, like, yeah, he missed a lot of time. He didn't have a training camp. I think there is an adjustment period that was kind of expected. I don't think the team is, is that shocked by this either? You know, I don't know. So will he finish his time with his contract with the Celtics? I think at some point he'll be part of a trade offer. Who knows if it'll get done, but I, I think it'll be, his name will get thrown around if it hasn't already. I would agree with all that. I, I do wonder a little bit, like, I wonder how much of this stuff trickles down or trickles up. I should yeah. say we're, we're very much down here. I wonder how much <laughs> of this stuff trickles up to the players. 
you know, like how much like Kemba is like, you know, pressing himself because, you know, he not because he doesn't want to like, you know, get yelled at by Reddit or something like that, but just because he knows that there's like an impression of himself out there that he doesn't like. I mean, Kemba Walker was like an all NBA player. He was, he was a really, really good player. And if he's all of a sudden and, you know, in Charlotte, he was he was the guy like every, you know, he was the, the team's star. So if all of a sudden he's now like, you know, playing for a bigger franchise, you know, in, in, a, in a completely different situation and fans are, you know, getting like annoyed with him. I wonder if, you know, part of this is like he, if he feels like he has something to prove and he's struggling to prove it. And if that's the case, I could see how that would sort of compound itself. Maybe the poster has like something of a point. I think that I can see it from both sides. Like Grenham's hundred percent right that, Kemba's coming back from, you know, like a bunch of time off. He, he was, he struggled in the bubble. He's, you know, definitely still trying to get his confidence back. I also think it's fair to be concerned about the fact that like a lot of shots that, you know, you, you kind of expect Kemba to make just aren't going down. Yeah. Um, and whether that's a health thing, whether that's a mentality thing, whether that's just, these are problems that he had in Charlotte and nobody noticed because he was playing in Charlotte. Nobody watched Charlotte. Like I, I, it could be anything like it, it genuinely could. So yeah, I, I honestly, I don't really have an opinion on that one um, other than that the poster was very funny and that was a good Reddit post. I do think like the two-point misses are pretty were pretty odd against Phoenix. Like that's not something you've seen a whole lot from him. Okay, so if you had to make a prediction today, like right now, do you think Kemba Walker finishes out his contract in a Celtics uniform? You first, Nicole. You addition off all these difficult questions to us. So let me put you <laughs> on the spot one time. You say no, okay, yeah. I say no, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say yeah, I, I just like, not because I think that like, not because I like super confident that he's gonna, you know, that he's gonna like rally back and, and be like the old Kemba, but just because like, I think he's gonna give them something. I think he's gonna give them more than he's giving them right now. I, you know, I just, he's gonna get better. And, and that contract just is not a friendly contract to trade. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so here's how it breaks down for me. If you're trading Kemba Walker, you're getting back a lot of money because like, there's just not very many teams that can take on all that money. And so if you're getting back a lot of money, presumably you're going out to try to get like a big name guy. But if you're going out to get a big name guy, Kemba Walker's contract isn't like a particularly valuable, you know, like that's not like an asset. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to put assets along with it. Well, we talked about the big name guys. We talked about Cat. We talked about Bradley Beal. For those guys, again, I think you're talking about Jalen. You can't put Jalen and Kemba in the same deal because that's way too much money going out. So I just don't think that there's like a real way to line it up. Um, you know, unless the Knicks got like super desperate, but they just traded for Derrick Rose. So I think they're good to go. So unless you can find a team that's like, unless it's like such a disaster that you're willing to just give up on him and, and send him to a team that can eat his contract. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't like, I don't know that there's a real clear path for it. I'll say yes for that reason. I think there will, at some point in his tenure, there will be an effort to move him. We might never hear about it, but I think there will be calls made, but that's a, no one's going to want to take the on the other NBA teams. We'll make sure we hear about it. That's actually very true. We will hear about it and KOC will tell us about it. We'll hear about it, but, <laughs> but I just don't see anyone taking on that contract. It's really hard to move. And even yes, his value is extremely, extremely, you know, takes a big hit from that contract when it comes to the trade market, but his value as a player is also not what it once was. So there was once a point in time where sure a team might be willing to take on that kind of money for Kemba because he was Kemba, but he's not really the same player. And maybe it's because of the knee and maybe he gets back toward that direction down the line, but he just doesn't have the same market that he used to there. There's not the same value out there on the trade market for him. So I think that combined with the contract will, will allow him to finish the contract, even if they do try to move him at some point. 
Do you think it's fair to say that if he does stay with the Celtics by the end of his deal, Fast PP might have supplanted him in the starting lineup? Fast PP might be a Hall of Famer by that point. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I mean, I think Fast PP is definitely going to be a starting point guard in the NBA at some point. I, I really, I honestly do. I don't know if it will be that quick. I think it might take some, what, what's come to have left on his how many years too. Yeah. So I, I think it'll take more time than that, but I think it'll be pretty close. It'll be pretty close. You know, it's funny because like I keep wanting to like pump the brakes on fast PP a little bit where I'm just like, all right, like he's, you know, like he's a rookie, like he's playing well, but remember that he's 27 years old, like stomp he's old. on the gas. But then like he comes out and he makes like, you know, he's just like hucking up threes and it feels like it genuinely feels like he's shooting. I know he's not, but it feels like he's shooting like 65% from three <laughs> here. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. He's a good player. So I, I guess I don't think that he will supplant Kemba in the next two years. But I, if he does, it's not going to be something that I'm just like, whoa, it's going to be like, well, well. Like, yet again, I, yet again, I understand, I underestimate uh, Peyton Pritchard at my own peril. All right. Last one. The toughest stretch of the season is almost over. Then they have three bullets, 11 games in 20 days. Nine of those 11 are on the road. Eight of them are against playoff teams. The majority of that has come with starters either hurt or missing. And at the end of the day, we're still going to be top four in the East. Defense needs to continue to get better. Kemba needs to shake off the rust and we're due some injury luck. We could also desperately use another wing shooter, but wait till the end of February. If you want to panic today, ain't it. So where are you in terms of the panic scale? All right. So because we're talking about Reddit, let's take this back to last week when Wall Street bets was the big thing, right? <laughs> And everybody was buying the GME stock and everybody on the Wall Street Bets subreddit was trying to tell everybody else, like, there's all these reasons not to panic and sell your stock. Diamond hands, da, 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 da. like, look at the margins, look at like- all, Rocket only, emoji, rocket emoji. Rocket emoji, rocket emoji. Like you know, all the stocks that are being traded are just, it's just the hedge funds trading them back and forth and trying to force the price down. So just hold tight and everything will be fine. There's a little bit of that energy with, the, with like the Celtics. The thing with like the GME thing was that they had a point like that was happening. Like all, all like all the little, they were trying to drag the, uh, the price down and that was happening, Yeah. but it wasn't something where it was like, eventually that's going to change. It's just like, no, just everything just kept getting worse. <laughs> like, so even, even if you're right, like, and all those things are true. Like the Celtics have had a brutal stretch and their injury luck is just, I mean, you know, injury, whatever has just been awful. Kemba probably will shake off some rust. All those things are like entirely plausible and ent entirely true. But all those things getting better doesn't necessarily mean like a linear, like straight up rocket ship to the moon, you know, apes strong together, diamond hands situation. Uh, like it, it might, uh, you know, I don't think that's crazy. Um, and I, I think that I think the person who posted that is right to say, like, hold off on your freak out a little bit like that. That makes sense. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I really enjoyed that Reddit theme. I, I like that a lot. That was very, very good. Uh, no, I agree. It's like, maybe, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. But I do think like pumping the brakes on the panic is the right way to approach this. I don't think there's a need. It's also, I think from a bird's eye view, it's also important to remember, like, this is a really weird season. They're not, yeah. I, I don't know. There's a lot of weird things happening. Like watching the trailblazers just kick the crap out of Philadelphia the other night. Like I, there's like a lot of weird things happening this year. And I'm just kind of, sitting back and letting it all play out without throwing crazy reactions forward just yet. So, yeah, I also think there is your point about everything coming back together. Doesn't exactly result in a 
skyrocket of results, like that was, that point was well taken. Like, I think that's very, very true. So time will tell. It could, it could like, it totally could. It also totally could not. They also could could have trouble balancing out that usage. Like we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of our journey through the Celtics subreddit. I'm going to spend, I'm going to make an effort to spend more time on Celtics Reddit because I liked, I liked some of those posts and lately Celtics Twitter has been getting me down at times. So it's tough to ignore my Twitter mentions, but I'll do my best to divert some of the energy to Celtics Reddit. I will continue to devote my energy to not being online whenever literally possible. Tom and Chris, do you have anything else that you would like to add? Carson Edwards proved me very wrong. I do need to, I was, Carson Edwards has been playing. He did not play well against Phoenix. It was a very tough matchup. I don't think that was the place to start him, but I do think like it was right for him to, I think Brad Stevens is a firm believer. He said this before in like rewarding a guy for his good play. And Carson Edwards was really good against the Clippers. I have, so we yeah. rewarded him by making him guard Devin Booker. Brutal reward. Tough, <laughs> tough reward. Yeah, yeah. Should let him pick his reward next time. But yeah, <laughs> but I I have been anti Carson Edwards for quite some time and he's proved me wrong. And so I was pleasantly surprised over the last week or so. He's been good. I think I think there's something there, which is uh which is nice to see. I, I like Carson a lot, actually. I think he's a really interest just like as as a person. I think he's a really interesting dude. I hope this continues for him. All right. Well, we will leave it there. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have any questions, you know, you can leave them in the Celtics subreddit. Maybe we'll do this again, but you can also DM Tom or Chris or myself. And much we- more direct way of doing things than just posting <laughs> the Celtics subreddit and hoping we see it. And we will talk to you guys soon. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.